listening to Black Agenda Radio. I'm Margaret Kimberly. Daoud Andre joins us from Comacoda, the Committee to Mobilize Against Dictatorship in Haiti. He's also the host of Eriti Papa Desaline, a daily Haitian community radio program, and the host of Haiti, Our Revolution Continues on Station WBAI. We will discuss the latest indictments in the assassination of President Jovenel Moise and the latest U.S. plan for the occupation of Haiti. He joins us from Brooklyn. Welcome. Thank you for the invite. Uh, Once again, Margaret, I'm happy to be with your audience again. The, the first thing I want to discuss is uh, this indictment in the regarding the 2021 assassination of uh, the then president, Jovenel Moïse, the an illegitimate president who should have stepped down. But nevertheless, he was the president at that time and was uh, uh, assassinated. The gunmen have were all caught very quickly, mostly Colombians. And there was an indictment handed down this week. And among those included in the indictment was his wife. Can you explain this to us? Well, yeah, it was the judge, Judge Voltaire. We should tell the audience there are two cases going on right now. One is going on happening in the in in Haiti, and one is happening in the United States. Very weird that a Haitian president is assassinated in Haiti, and the U.S. takes over the investigation, goes to Haiti, picks up uh, suspects, brings them to the United States, tries them, uh, condemns them, and, uh, you know, despite the fact that there is a case going on in Haiti. And uh, so that's kind of funny. So now uh, the case you're talking about is the case in Haiti. And very funny again that while Martin Moise and uh, a couple of the other people that the judge indicts, they are collaborators of the U.S. government. Martin Moise, the wife of Jovenel, is even said to be uh, a witness in the case, in cases that are supposed to happen in the United States, if any of them do happen. And uh, it's not clear that any of them will happen because so far everyone ends up uh, pleading guilty. They've been given life sentences. That's, uh, that's the funny thing. Now, uh, yes, so last uh, Monday, uh, since uh, last month, Judge Voltaire had uh, submitted his report and a list of 51 individuals, mostly, uh, most of them high-profile people who were close to Jovenel Moïse, and a 122-page report. But the amazing thing is that Martin Moise is one of the suspects, and that's what's made the news all over the world. The judge's investigation, he's spoken to people, and Martin Moise's own account of what happened that night on U.S. television other media in France, Canada, that she's spoken to. So she contradicts herself many times. There's an interview where she says she was shot eight times. Another interview where she says she hid under the bed the night when the people came. 
but the, the judge says the bed is so low that even a pair of shoes, low on the ground, that is, a pair of shoes would not fit under this bed. And Martine is quite a, a, a big woman. Martine, one of the witnesses, secretary in the palace, says that two nights, two days before the assassination on the 5th, Martin Moise comes to the palace at 10 p.m. at night and carrying stuff out. It's like someone moving out of a house, someone removing incriminating evidence. Up to three in the morning, the judge says that uh, Martin was there. So basically, he's saying uh, so many things that, uh, and Martin says she pretended to be dead uh, after she had been shot. And these trained killers, mercenaries, you know, at one time she had said they flashed a light in her eyes, but she played dead. She didn't move. They squeezed her toes. And people are like, you know, there were massive amounts of weapons inside that house. Why go through all that trouble instead of just another bullet to the head? But Anyway, it's because of all of these contradictions, I can say, that Georges Voltaire decides that, no, you know, Martine has to be brought before the court. And I should say that she refused invitation to speak to the judge to answer questions because she says her U.S. attorney says she should not do it because of security. Haiti is not safe. And for all of these reasons that Martin is brought to 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 the is, is named as is indicted in the murder of Jovenel Moïse, and I should say a lot of questions that many of us have as well, asking why does the judge completely ignore the international aspect of this case, the implications of the United States, the so many of these suspects, they've all, those who claim to be with the DEA were, that the U.S. has admitted were DEA informants who, while the, right after the operation, called the DEA handlers to tell them, you know, there's some trouble. The handlers admitted to telling them, you know, sit tight. The police is going to come. Sit tight. And now FBI agents have participated in the meetings that happened in Florida to plan this thing. That's been admitted to in the U.S. press. We also know that the judge has put a gag order on the case in Florida. So the press, you know, everything that comes out has to be filtered for a, a state security reasons. So this is going to be classified stuff. So uh, the judge completely ignores the U.S. role. And uh, everyone in Haiti, I should say, believes that uh, Michel Martelly, Jovenel's godfather, as uh, he's called in Haiti, because he's the one who is, uh, Michel Martelly is the clown who was present before Jovenel Moïse, who introduced Jovenel Moïse, who basically put Jovenel Moïse in power, uh, along with the U.S., of course. that uh, He's not mentioned in this and the stories uh, that Martelly told the judge, you know, you could laugh, you know, when you uh, read what's in the report. 
So this is the substance of the case for us from the day after the case, we did an interview in Democracy Now! And we said, yeah, this is basically a U.S. operation. It's not, the judge, Voltaire, speaks nothing about where the money came from to bring uh, something like uh, 30, close to 30 Colombian mercenaries to the Dominican Republic, to Haiti. It's a lot of money that was spent, Margaret. And the people that we are dealing with are not the people with that kind of money, the people who are listed uh, among the 51 uh, individuals. So a lot uh, more questions that the report uh, raises than it answers. But folks who speak French, who speak French, who want to read it, you can find it on uh, aibopost.com, A-Y-I-B-O-P-O-S-T.com. You can find the complete 122-page report and, and read it for yourself. The current prime minister, unelected Ariel Henry, what is, he, what is his connection with uh, the assassination? Well, I, did, I didn't even speak about that, but uh, what's happened is in the days after the assassination, uh, phone records were released by Digicel, the major phone company in Haiti, and it showed that uh, uh, Joseph Felix Baggio, who was uh, the highest person, some people said he was the brain of the operation, not the uh, not the one who uh, ordered the assassination, but the person who coordinated carrying it out. He was at the home. He was placed at the home of Jovenel Moïse by the phone records uh, GPS uh, loca- locator. Digital uh, reports showed that at least on three occasions that night he spoke to. Ariel Ali, the core group, tweeted Prime Minister, and uh, I should say since about a year now, a little more than a year, what's her name, uh, Victoria Newland of uh, a maiden <laughs> Ukraine, maiden revolution fame, who's now in charge of this uh, thing in Haiti, in the occupation that the U.S. is planning for Haiti, has been calling Ariel Ari, not just prime minister, but acting president of Haiti. And, you know, no Haitian even knew that, you know, but he's the acting president as well now, supposedly. But, yeah, so every a lot of people believe that... Uh, Ariel Henry should have been one of the people indicted in this case as well, but he's the U.S. appointed prime minister and acting president. How do you indict someone like that, you know? And so this is where he, the, the judge had asked for him to come and testify. And one, I guess, Monday morning, we wake up and we found out last night the judge visited Ariel Ari at Ariel's home. They had a chat and, you know, all the questions have been answered and he's been cleared. So it was just a funny story. So as I said, the the report, the, he's the fifth judge 
uh, Walter, Walter Voltaire is the fifth judge. Uh, all the others have uh, had uh, dropped out or been gotten rid of because of corruption, because of uh, fear of persecution. But uh, that's the report. Some people give value to it. Some people don't. But in reality, also, there's a testimony that Martin Moise is uh, believed that uh, her friend, uh, the former Prime Minister, Claude Joseph, uh, who immediately after the assassination said he, he was the leader, he said he updated his Wikipedia to describe himself as a acting president of Haiti as well, that in three months he would be holding elections and Martin was going to ride the wave and run. And after the funeral, she did start campaigning, going around the country saying uh, the slogan was, we, we lost our father, now let's embrace our mother. So it's uh, very funny. But uh, as I said, the main thing is the international implications. Some of these Colombian former soldiers they are implicated in assassination attempts against Maduro in Venezuela, against Luis Arce in Bolivia. And what's the connection to all of this, of course, is the U.S. government. Thank you for that, um, that analysis. But what's happening now? This, is the, uh, this week is the 20th anniversary of the coup that removed uh, Jean-Bertrand Aristide, the only legitimate president of Haiti. And uh, as this anniversary is being commemorated, there is another occupation plot going on uh, against Haiti. Talk to us about that. Of course, the U.S. had uh, uh, manipulated uh, uh, Jean-Bertrand Aristide is the first uh, legitimately elected president of Haiti. He, we wouldn't say the only one because René Préval as well followed him. He, no one really contested that election. But so he had this, after seven months in power in 1991, the U.S. orchestrated a coup that was the father, Bush the father. And again, when he was uh, became president again in 2001, the, the son orchestrated another coup. So to, the 29th of February 2004 was the date that this happened. The U.S. had its operatives of political opposition by the group of 184. These were mainly bourgeois, intellectual people who had every kind of criticism, you know, against Jean-Bertrand And for many people, the most important among them is that he was siding with the poor against the interests of the rich. You know, and this is why till today, Margaret, poor people of Haiti, a majority in Haiti still, remember and embrace President Aristide. Now, the both of these, the political and the military option against Jean-Bertrand Aristide at that time was headed for the U.S. by Guy Philippe, who, you know, that's like another whole other story we can talk about. But neither of these initiatives were going anywhere. So the U.S. Special Forces Middle of the night, it was a Saturday, the 28th, they came to President Aristide's office and basically 
took him out, took him at gunpoint to the airport, put him in an unmarked plane. And then, you know, they didn't tell him or his wife or people who were with him where they were going. And they took him to Central African Republic, where basically he was uh, in jail. It was through the efforts of, uh, I'd say, Randall Robinson, his wife, uh, Maxine Waters, some other folks that get out of the Central African Republic to be in Jamaica for a little while. That was P.J. Patterson, who hosted him under duress, a major U.S threats, but still Jamaica had the courage to do that. And uh, later, South Africa, Pabo Mbeki accepted to give him exile in South Africa. So it's a very important time for us to reflect on uh, the reality of our country, that the U.S., you know, how serious about they are about uh, controlling Haiti, dominating, and there's no room for really negotiations with the U.S. in their, you know, in their quest to own everything, to dominate the world. So today, as you say, we are again facing another U.S. orchestrated, U.S. funded, U.S. planned, U.S. organized occupation of our country. And as if they think we are stupid children, they are uh, not just Haitians, but people all over the world. They are using black faces, the government of Kenya in particular, but not just Kenya. They're using CARICOM countries. They're using other African countries to make this look like it's black people doing Pan-African solidarity with poor, unstable, devastated Haiti. But what we want the people listening to this program to understand, yes, you know, there's a lot of violence happening in Haiti right now, violence that Haiti really has never seen in its history with gangs raping, killing, maiming, burning people, taking over areas of the country. But we want people to understand that this is planned. This is not just something that these young kids, who eh, some of them have barely enough to eat, instead of eating, they use thousands of dollars to buy machine guns, to buy ammunition, to do this, to do this operation. Military, it's a military operation. Eh, because like the capital, it's a practically encircled, like to come in and out of the capital is a difficult proposition. So it's almost like an open air prison, thinking of the comparisons to a genocide in Palestine and the Gaza. And it's almost like the same thing happening in Haiti as well. And we want folks to understand by the UN, by even US, account, government accounts, like they agree, like, you know, these weapons are from the United States. So the question is, how do these weapons get from the United States to Haiti without the U.S. government allowing it to happen? We know that uh, the hierarchy of the police, the government of Ariel they are in cahoots with the 
gangs, the so-called gangs that many of us call paramilitary units. And I agree with uh, Sister Jamima Pierre's analysis that Haiti does not have a gang problem. Haiti has a, an imperialist problem, a U.S. imperialist problem. And so this is what's happening. We know that, uh, uh, unfortunately, today, uh, the countries of CARICOM that refuse to recognize the illegitimate U.S. imposed government of Gérald Atorti in 2004, after the, the 2004 coup. Well, right now they are pandering to Ariel Henry, and this is, of course, due to U.S. pressure. U.S. is imposing, like there's a 46th meeting of CARICOM heads of state that just ended this uh, Wednesday in uh, in Georgetown, Guyana, and yeah, Linda Thomas Greenfield, you know, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, came there, and it, because some of the leaders of CARICOM is the Gaston Brown Antigua, Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, he actually said, you know. Ariel Henry is the problem. Ariel Henry needs to go for Haiti to find peace again, to find its way forward. But Linda Thomas Greenfield, U.S. representative, says no. It's like the, the vetoes at the UN Security Council. She says no, Ariel is not going anywhere. Ariel, we support Ariel Henry. And he, he's going to hold elections. And this, uh, they call it a multinational security mission, which it's not. We, we want people to understand every time they see that term, just put a U.S. proxy occupation of Haiti, that it's going to go on. As a matter of fact, she, because there's a lot of pushback against Kenya, uh, President William Ruto sending this thousand police to Haiti, they're pushing it forward anyway. Uh, two weeks ago at a meeting in Washington, D.C., uh, a police commissioner from Kenya uh, mysteriously died in his hotel room during the meetings between Haiti and, uh, and Kenya. And it's like nothing happened. It's like a roach or a fly died. His name was Walter Yamato. Uh, and uh, so there's a lot going on that is not clear, but what's clear is that the U.S. is not tapping for any red light there. They don't care about the constitutions of any country. I should tell you the 1987 constitution of the country that's in, in effect right now, it says not even a real president can invite foreign forces to occupy the the country, to, to come with their weapons to the country. But that means nothing. The U.S. signs, the U.S. It has Ariel Henry, their puppet, and his government write these letters inviting Kenya. And we want folks to understand that Kenya and Haiti did not have diplomatic relations until this past September, after this project had been agreed to, the U.S. had set up this process, and it's the U.S. who, you know, brokered the signing of 
diplomatic relations with Haiti and also with Dominican Republic, who is going to make the bulk of this, you know, money, $600 million that Kenya is asking for to do, to lead, that's the term they use, this operation. And this week also, Linda Thomas-Grenfell, as if uh, the government of Benin cannot speak for themselves. She's the one who announced that Benin is sending 2,000 soldiers to this proxy operation. So this is definitely not a, a black, uh, a black solidar Pan-African solidarity with Haiti. This is uh, US funded and the US organized led by Victoria Newland operation. And uh, this is why at Komokoda we oppose it, we stand against it. We thank the people of Kenya uh, who stand against it. Dr. Eku Alcat, who brought the case to Kenyan High Court, Dr. E e Judge Shashamwita, who stood to respect the constitution of Kenya and says this is illegal, it cannot happen. We, we understand Ariel Henry is today, is a, a Thursday in Kenya, signing final papers with the, the government, with William Ruto. This is illegal. The Ariel Henry has no mandate, he has no legitimacy to say anything, to sign anything on behalf of our people. That's what uh, we want uh, the world to understand. Uh, we thank the people of Guyana, uh, Haitians in Guyana, and the uh, friends of Haiti in Guyana, who this week, they protested against uh, this uh, fake pan-African solidarity thing. They denounced the governments of the CARICOM who are being uh, uh, accomplices to this garbage that is happening uh, right now against the people of Haiti. And as I always say, the people of Haiti inside and outside of our country, we will fight. This is our nature. This is where we come from. This is what gave us our freedom, our country. And until the, you know, that country, and that's what Dessaline said, you know, burn it to the ground if we cannot defend its sovereignty. Thank you so much, Daoud. And how do our listeners find your program on WBAI? When are you on the air? Haiti, Our Revolution Continues. It's hosted by myself and Dr. Mamira Prosper. It's on Saturdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Folks can go to the internet. HaitianRevolutionContinues.podbean.com. All of our programs are there. Thank you so much. And that was Daoud Andre of Komokoda discussing the history of occupations of Haiti, the anniversary of the U.S. coup against Aristide, and the assassination of Jovenel Moïse.